in terms of actually seeing natural hair in my family there are very few people mm. in my immediate family there was no one i think my dad was my best guess <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Foreign Blend. Mm-hmm. I am your host Tracy with no E and I'm joined by my co-host Mazwita M101. Maz, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think I'm doing well. Do you have your coffee? I do have my coffee. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Once in a while we do have coffee. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what what are we discussing today Maz? Oh, we're discussing hey. <laughs> wow, <I'm>... massive much. <laughs> That's <laughs> It's a very big topic, but particularly in this episode what me and Tracy are discussing are our personal hair journeys, um our perception of black hair, if there's any differences between hair culture in Zim and SA and Kenya and particularly just how we've navigated our transitions more or less from relaxed hair to now our whatever stage of natural hair we're in and we're just going to talk about that and just enlighten people and each other really <laughs> <laughs> about you know <laughs> the the journey and its challenges yeah 100% so much to learn Mm. well let's get started okay I think we should start with you Tracy we want to ask you know how old were you when you got your first relaxer how did you feel about it and how you've grown from then until now wow I mean (laughs) can I even remember can't you um you know, I mean, the thing is, hair care when you're young is the primary responsibility of your mother. Mm. So um, it's not exactly that I made the decision. Um, I know for some people that is their story. They ask to get a relaxer. But for me, it was kind of just something that happened. And it was a decision my mom made on my behalf. I really don't know the first time. Um, if I have to look at like my old school photos... Mm. I feel like as long as I can remember, it's been part of my life. I don't really remember a time where I had natural hair when Mm. I was younger. So, sure. I'd say probably six, if not younger. Yeah. Um, It's just, it was just, that was my life. Like, I knew nothing else before that. What about you? I think I was in grade two. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I I remember the experience. Like I think the year I remember the experience particularly because it actually was not nice. And you're right. I didn't make the decision. Um, my mom did because I guess she was tired of dealing with my hair, and she's like, "Let's just get this child sorted." Mm-hmm. Um, and I went, and I don't know what happened to this day, but I got relaxed in the morning by one other product, and I don't think it took. So then someone made the colossal mistake of sending me back for re-relaxer. On the same day. I don't know if it was the same day or the next day, but I can tell you that it was very painful. It burnt. (laughs) And I'm just like, why is this happening to me? (laughs) What's going on? I just, 
it burnt me and it was not a nice experience but I do remember liking the texture of my hair afterwards Mm. and that's probably why I never protested future um, relaxing adventures but yeah I I do remember (laughs) no I'm sorry that your first experience was so terrible. It was horrible. <laughs> sure. And I think, you know, the the dread that I am feeling just hearing you recount the story, it, it has to do with, you know, what a relaxer is. And I think for some people may not know, like mm. a relaxer is essentially a product which chemically straightens your hair. And essentially what it does is it it changes the 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 chemical makeup of your hair strand and it breaks down the protein bonds in your hair which make your hair have a coiled shape by breaking down those bonds it makes your hair straight yeah and i think you know it's dangerous because they're like very harsh chemicals in these products like sodium hydroxide yeah and uh, this chemical called lye these these things are kind of proven to be um toxic to people mm-hmm. and the burn that people feel is, is the chemical <laughs> actually burning your scalp um yeah. so you know you try to when you're applying the relaxer you're supposed to just apply it near the root but not on the scalp mm. but it's it's kind of impossible you know like your new growth your most curly hair is nearest to your scalp, your scalp. yeah so uh, you know, it's kind of like a, a lose-lose situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, because this stuff is really bad and you can get permanent hair scarring on your scalp. Mm. You can lose your hair and you can be permanently bald. Like you can damage your hair follicles so that yeah. nothing will grow out of there again. So it is very dangerous. Um, and I think we, we have to you know, preface that this is what was the routine, beauty routine for like five, standard. six year olds. It's, it's standard. It's kind of disturbing when you think about it. Um, but as a, as a little kid, you don't, you have no idea, you know, you trust your mom. Mm. Um, and, you know, like you're saying, you know, your mom is trying to make your life easier. is trying to make her own life easier. Yeah. And like for for those reasons, I don't even I can't really blame my mom. You know, she was a working mom. She had two daughters, so she mm. has to deal with both of our hair and her own hair. Um, I understand. Like she will go for the thing that makes all Most our lives sense. the easiest, hundred percent. Mm. And it was it like I said, it was standard. Um, everyone did it. My whole primary school and my whole high school as well like obviously with braids in between and cornrows and stuff but the base was my hair is relaxed Mm -hmm. that was it when did you change over and how did you change over so you know the strange thing for me is um I was very dedicated to relaxed hair Mm. And I was bent on trying to retain length and get my hair to be as long as possible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my reasoning for going natural was, you know, 
in order for my hair to get longer, I have to let it grow. And because I know, you know, I was coming to the realization in about second year of university that, you know, relaxers aren't really something that is helping my hair. It just straightens my hair. Mm. But in the process, it's also weakening my hair. I have to kind of give my hair a break Mm. and give it a head start so it can just grow and then I'll straighten it. Um, So for me my whole thing with like stopping relaxes was in order to relax it after some time. <laughs> so like it was kind of twisted, you know? Um, okay. But then, you know, you know, I thought I'd do it for like, okay, two months because usually, you know, you relax your hair every six to eight weeks. Mm. Um, if not sooner, depending on how fast your hair grows. But, you know, I thought, I thought, okay, I'll give it a month, two months, Two months became three months. Three months became two years. And I just haven't gone back. <laughs> <laughs> so, Are you still um, growing to relax? <laughs> I don't think I am. Um, so the last time I chemically straightened my hair with a relaxer was in 2014. And it was before my 20th birthday. Oh. Um, and I just, I haven't gone back. And yeah i've been natural for six years now wow wow um yeah (laughs) so i was very late to the table um i only started i stopped relaxing in 2019 i'm gonna go with around july i can't remember the exact time and that's because all through i'm like a naturally lazy person like that's the path of least resistance is how I go through life. And relaxing <laughs> is so easy. <laughs> relaxing, really, it's, it's really, like, if you think about it, it's super easy. Um, you go in, you suffer for one day, fair enough. And then your hair is straight. Um, you don't have to battle it every morning. You just kind of comb it out, put it in a bun or whatever. Hoist some braids on it every three months. Go back, relax, whatever. I didn't didn't have to fight with um, wash days, oil treatments, any of that. And even though everyone, all my friends around me were getting natural hair, I was just like, I I really can't afford the time, the effort, the economics <laughs> of this venture. And I was just like, no, ma'am, I will keep my hair through all all throughout medical school because I have already so much going on. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And then 2019 comes along and I'm like, I've graduated now. I don't have, I'm not feeling my days doing anything else. Um, and I start spending a lot of time on YouTube. And I think I went through that thing where I was like, how do I get my hair to grow longer? Cause I felt like it gone to a place where like it wasn't growing anymore. And inevitably, if you watch black hair videos, you will always end up wonderfully on the benefits of natural hair and all of that. And I remember this lady lady who, because for me, the idea of a big chop was never appealing. I like having some length to my hair. And then she Mm. talked about transitioning. I think her name was Chazzy Awesome. And she talked about the transitioning process. And I was like, hey, this seems right up my alley. I can keep my length. But I can also change over and then see how I feel about it because Mm. I still have the length. I haven't made that big commitment yet. And yeah, I just, 
was happy with it. I'm technically still transitioning because I've never cut my hair, but I think very little of the natural hair is left on my head. Um, and I'm happy. Like, I like having natural hair. I, I hated going to the salon to get relaxed. It was... <laughs> I just hated it. I hated the It's places. a traumatic experience it's when really, you really think tru- about it. Truly, it is. And I like mm. having natural hair because it also gives you so much leeway to have fun with your hair. I don't know if if you have that. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, there's so much stuff to try out. Um, you spend a lot of time, even though we complain about the length of wash days, but it's like a self-care day. Like I do a face mm. mask on that day. Like I'm here looking at my products and oh my gosh, so I have like time to do an oil treatment. And it's really just like I don't know, I find it fun um handling mm. natural hair. Like it's a lot of effort, it is a lot of money, like those products are not cheap. But much mm. much more rewarding i thought than um having relaxer yeah. yeah i also um transitioned i didn't immediately um go natural uh because i was also a bit tentative about it and i was like oh i don't know if i'm fully on board yet mm. so i thought i'll transition if i don't like it i can just go back um to straightening but if i do then i'll big job um but I think I transitioned for about a year before I actually did the chop. And, I, I, you know, it's interesting how you say that you kept your hair relaxed because uh, it, during med school because it was the most easy and convenient thing for you. Mm. Um, but, you know, conversely, for me, I felt like the only reason I was relaxing my hair was because of school rules. And mm. this is the rules we had in high school. I mean, refer to episode one yeah. for details on that. Um, <laughs> but in in university, it's kind of like, come as you are. You know, people yeah. come to class, they come to lectures in their pajamas. Like, it's really a free for all. It's, a <laughs> so, it's really a good time out there. Mm, so it just seemed like the right time to go natural because no one is going to really ask me any questions. Mm. Um, and you could just do your own thing so that freedom from the rules is also kind of what allowed me to go natural mm. um, because I didn't feel pressure to look a certain way yeah um, yeah what was the the biggest thing you had to learn while you were doing this natural hair journey like what what did you think you knew about your hair versus like what you actually found out when you decided to let it be basically if I'm about to make an estimation I would say zero (laughs) percent I knew nothing I knew nothing I was starting from absolute scratch Mm. um sure it was it was crazy it was like um it was both a very empowering experience but it was also very jarring for me okay because like you're saying, I also really loved the texture of my natural hair. And once I went natural, I realized that there was just this whole part of myself I didn't know. And it was kind of like, you know, the decision to go natural was kind of like getting glasses for the first time. Okay. Um, you know, you get your eyes tested, then you wear glasses and you're just like, wow, there's so much I can see now that I couldn't see before. But then you also have this like deep 
disturbing feeling like wow there was so much I was missing out on Mm. that was Mm. right under my nose and I have no idea about so it was it was one of the the best decisions I ever made but it was also like really surprising how how little I knew about this thing that was on my my myself it was like existential (laughs) crisis like I'm supposed to be the expert on me and like I just I had no idea about what my hair my real hair is like yeah. when it's not being chemically um altered. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. There was so much to learn. Mm. And I remember early in the transition days, I met up with one of our mutual friends, Ramona. And Ramona mm. has the most beautiful like Ramona's hair is Listen. Stunning. Like oh. <laughs> Stunning. Like it's shout really, out. Yeah, hundred percent. And um we went into the I don't know if it was a clerks or disc game and she was looking for a protein treatment and obviously we started talking. And she's talking about all the stuff, like hair porosity or whatever, like does your hair sink and swim? Does and I was like, What? <laughs> what are Girl. you even talking about? What? Guys, what? Guys, it's a it's a whole other world. Like there's a, the whole lingo. It's like what's yes. your quality? What's your texture? Yes. Um, like is your hair sparse? Is it full? Girl, what is I, your your curl pattern? It's a whole so it's a many whole questions. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and it's great because you have so much to learn. But in that moment, I just felt like hopeless. Like, what do I know? I know relaxed hair. This mm. is like trying to nurture a baby. Like, I don't know anything. <laughs> Will you grow if I do this? Will you not grow? What should my, what, you know, and there's so many options. So it's like, what should my shampoo brand be? What's best for you? You know, when, how often do we do oil treatments? How often do we do hair masks? Do you like that? So many things to go through. And you're right, you knew nothing, nothing about mm. it. And I like your analogy about the glasses. I've never worn glasses, but like, it fits so well. What sort of information did you have about hair, your hair going in to that situation? And what sort of (laughs) understanding did you come to when you came out? Okay, so always um, natural hair had been perceived to me to be a difficult process. Um, Mm -hmm. Everyone always complained about the amount of time and the amount of work it takes, you know. Um, people would be talking about waking up early just to get that afro right um, and everything. And they Afros talk about are the... very difficult to achieve. <laughs> like, guys, let's not get it twisted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's partly the reason why women, black women just say, you don't touch a black woman's hair because oh, you God, don't know what not. she has gone through to achieve Ooh, to that. Get there. To, mm. I agree with you. Don't do it. And so that was my my idea of natural hair. It was like, it's this difficult um, process that people go through. But we're trying to reclaim, you know, our natural. We're trying to reclaim being African and all that means. So we're, we're doing it. And going out of that conversation with Ramona, when I realized I didn't know anything about my hair. But, I mean, with every tough thing, like Ramona talks about her hair. Like it's, she like light up like having the conversation was really wonderful for me it actually was quite inspiring and I think Mm -hmm. I definitely got more involved in my hair process there because for her she like it's she nurtures it like a baby and 
I don't know. Like she lights up when she talks about it, and it's like, when was the last time you light up when you lit up when you talked about your hair? You know what I mean? Mm. Like she's so involved. It's this process she's so interested in. Um, the fact that she can talk like that's the thing we talk about other people and how it brings her pride. Like it's a point of pride for her. Mm. And I feel like black hair for a long time had not been a point of pride for anyone. Do you know what I mean? Like if you look at what we what we saw. Um, in the 2000s, no one was carrying natural black hair with pride. We mm. were all covering it up, whether it was with wigs and relaxers and everything. It was natural, wasn't cool. Mm. And you know, yeah. I, you know, there's this, um, there's this, there's this language around natural hair, and you know. Um, especially like when you are going to get your new growth straightened and chemically uh, straightened and relaxed, you know, Mm. they call it retouching in some circles. Mm. And if you think about like Photoshop and Instagram culture, you know, people use filters and all sorts of apps to retouch themselves and edit what you look like. Mm. And I thought it was very problematic the way we were willingly editing ourselves and editing um how we naturally were because mm. like as soon as you have new growth it's like oh i need to go to the salon needs to go it was never an issue of like i need to sit with this thing and i can handle it um i, I remember I, people would even point out like you have growth you know mm. what i mean <laughs> like it was almost a taboo thing and it's like wow like why is it that the way I naturally am is taboo and I have Mm. to I have to fix it it was Mm. a problem for me that we needed fixing and once I saw it I just couldn't unsee it you know Mm. um and I realized that there was like this fear of myself and fear of how I naturally am and it was it was just extreme and it was almost comical the way like I would also be afraid of water and swimming was a whole issue um showering was a whole issue like you know if you think about like shampoo ads shower gel ads you know the lady gets into the shower she puts her head in the water and I'm like wow no (laughs) no it could never be me expert at dodging the stream (laughs) yeah like shower caps are your friend Mm -mm, you know besties and it's a bit ridiculous. Like, you feel like the only situation where your hair or your head gets wet is at the salon. And it's almost as if you have um, given up the rights to taking care of yourself to someone else yes. and you put it into someone else's hands. So when you speak about how Ramona would take care of her hair like it was her baby, I think that's really interesting because it's like she was, she was the primary caregiver. She wasn't just going to give her kid to some kindergarten or, or play school or whatever yeah. for someone else to take care of her child. It's her thing. It's her body. And I feel like we should be responsible of that. And I think mm. um, the whole relaxer culture, it's, it's a system where, you know, you relax your hair and now you are bound to your hair salon. And you are bound to this person who has to take yes. care of your hair. They yes. are the ones that know how to retouch it. They are the ones that will wash your hair. And they tell you when to come back. You kind back. of feel like, yeah, <laughs> you kind of feel helpless and you, you have to go to them for everything. 
and it's it's weird how we we couldn't be self sufficient in that sense. Yeah, that is very true. You're right. You're kind of a slave to that situation now. It's like I have to go back in six weeks to that person. If they're not there, it's the end of the world. Mm. I don't know what I'm doing with my hair. It's got growth on it. Um, she's not here. I don't know. And it's so much freeing that I can. I can't even tell you the last time I was in the salon. <laughs> same yeah. i mean mostly because of covid but mostly because of that <laughs> when i went natural my hair salon visits went all the way down yeah um because with relaxes you are on this hamster wheel of every six weeks mm-hmm. i have to go get my new growth straightened mm-hmm. i think the other thing is um understanding how my my hair my natural hair or what i like to call now my real hair Mm-hmm. How my real hair works was a whole learning process because before that I was fed all of these images in the media and um, movies and soaps and stuff like that. Um, that your hair has to be has to be flowing. You know, you see women exercising, yes. and you know they always have the pony that's like moving, oh. and people and the women swimming, and their hair becomes a certain way when it's wet. Mm. And women going to sleep and with nothing on their heads. It just <laughs> didn't make sense to me. So, like, there were all sorts of these, like, incongruent images where I was yeah. seeing one thing, but I was living a different thing. Yeah. yeah. And um, it w- there was a whole lot of unlearning I had to do and say, okay, that's not my hair type. Mm. Um, this is my hair type. And I need to understand how my hair works. And I can't hold on to these ideas that don't serve me and don't help me understand myself. I think that's so important, that idea of holding on to images you were fed. Because I always feel like, as a child, I think it's so confusing. (laughs) I think, especially in the time we grew up, where these ideas of hair are so different from what you're, you're experiencing day to day. You're like, oh, I don't have this flowing pony. You know, when I go bath, my mom is always like, oh, no, you can't, your hair can't touch the water. But everyone else, you know, everywhere I see, everyone's hair is touching the water. And you also just want to be a kid. Like, (laughs) you want to run through the sprinkler as well. You want to go swimming like everyone else. You do. And it's just like you have the separate of rules. Like, you could become invested in like, okay, where are the swimming caps? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's like, dude. And you can't it's even just a, be yeah. a child. No, you can't. And it's so difficult because that's what you grew up, that's what you knew. And changing your perceptions, what I felt like, I know it sounds so weird, but accepting that your hair is 4C. You know what I mean? Mm. It's not 3C. It's not going to have those long, co- yours is a tight coiled hair. And it has so many beautiful potential, but you're always bombarded constantly with images. Even when you look at transitioning, you'll see a lot of them are not 4C hair types. And mm. you're like, this does not apply to me. Like, you have to get to that point where, like, this does not apply to me. My hair will not do that if I do mm. this. My hair does this. This is what it does. And letting go of that and embracing what I am, who I am, was also, like, I thought that was a whole jump as well. I'd be like, no, this is how my hair curls. Mm. Tight. <laughs> It shrinks. I mean, I mean, African people invented curly hair. I mean, Girl. we have the curliest of the curly hair. The most. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, 100%. It 
it was very important to find people on YouTube in the early days who had hair like mine. Mm. So a lot of like the beginning stages of uh, transitioning into natural hair, it's going through YouTube and just looking at the images and reviewing, okay, how similar is the person's hair to mine? And you just, you filter and you go through and you go through until you find a set of people that are like, okay, I can actually listen to these people because mm-hmm. their hair might behave the same way that mine will. So much to learn, like I said. <laughs> yeah, and so much to unlearn, especially mm. like, you know, back in primary school, I had a lot of white friends who would say, mm. oh, I'm going to go get a haircut. And I was like, wow, can't relate. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Why did you cut your hair? Like, what for? You know, but it was a matter of not understanding the different growth rates of our hair Mm -hmm. and the fact that Caucasian hair grows straight so its length is more obvious whereas our hair grows curly Mm -hmm. so um, our length is in the coil yes yeah so I couldn't relate to people having to cut their hair every few weeks I was like goodness me yeah Um, that's the thing yeah I also had a lot mm -hmm. of white friends and very different I don't think I even talked about my hair Mm. As, a, as a child I there was no room for me to have a, that conversation mm. it's like because where do you even begin because I don't think <laughs> I even had the words to no to help them understand no, you know yeah. <laughs> and, and why and what is hair food and <laughs> what is a relaxer like how do you explain these things like you have to have a degree in chemistry almost <laughs> to really go into this stuff properly even though I do recommend um, this documentary go- called Good Hair, I think it's a good place for oh, people to start. Yeah. yeah, 100%. I think it's a very good place for people. If you want to, especially if you want to understand the chemical structure, relaxes, um, so, some of the history behind it, I think Good Hair is, a, is quite a good place. Yeah, I think we'll put a little link there. I don't know. Just mm. such a good documentary, I felt. Yeah, it was really powerful. Um, I think I watched that in the middle of high school. Mm. and it didn't cause me to go natural but I think no. it planted a seed <laughs> because you know it's it's a, a documentary that Chris Rock put together mainly motivated by the fact that he had daughters and he wanted them to feel as if they had good hair mm. and he wanted to understand what is this thing of good hair in American culture um, and when he he went into the whole understanding of what a, a relaxer is or a perm is what they call it in America, yeah. you know, he he took a, a relaxer and he did an experiment where he put it on the bonnet of a car, and the relaxer burned through the bonnet of that car. He also put chicken in it or something, and it like literally sizzled the hell out of the chicken. <laughs> Dude, like we were playing games with that thing. Girl. <laughs> Yeah, six-year-olds, five-year-olds are getting relaxed. <laughs> no, man, it's very stressful to think about. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, there was a lot of learning to do. And mm. I think one of the other hard things was it was a very lonely road for me because I was the only one that was going to be natural in my family. You know, my mm. mom hadn't done it. My sister hadn't done it. Um, a lot of the people in my extended family weren't natural like save for a few but it was something I was essentially doing on my own and I kind of felt this pressure of I couldn't fail if I was going to make this decision 
So I really, I really got very nerdy about it. And <laughs> I, I'm like super educated on all the things, on all the terms. Oh, wow. I can't tell you how much I've read about natural hair, how it grows, growth phases, like understanding, like, I feel like I have like low-key a higher certificate in biology right now. Girl, do it. Because, because <laughs> like, I had to understand, okay, like what, like what's the difference between the growth cycles of like eyebrow mm. hair versus eyelashes versus a beard versus hair on your head like understanding all of that understanding hair Masters. follicles wow. how, understanding how the hair follicle influences the the curl pattern of your hair so if you have a more round hair follicle your hair will grow kind of straight if you have a more oval hair follicle your hair will come out a bit curly i was like wow and I, wow. this is the only way I would have known that is because I were natural and I needed the information you needed the info, to yeah. understand. There was just this huge, huge gap in my knowledge that I, I just keep filling and I still haven't filled to this day. And I oh, feel like it's also gotten to the point where I have to educate other people, especially in my own family. Yeah, so, yeah that has been interesting. Um, please be on the lookout for Tracy's masterclass in black hair. We are amped. <laughs> Coming We're soon. Ready. <laughs> ready. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, in my family, I wouldn't call it a lonely journey, but there aren't a lot of natural people. So in my dad's side of the family, everyone sort of has short hair. They've kind of cut their hair, um, but we never talk about hair. So it wasn't like we were having a conversation like, oh, why did you cut your hair? Anything like that. Um, but my mom cut her hair, um, brave soul that she was, a few years after, maybe one or two, after we moved to South Africa. Mm. Um, she just went into the salon and she was she like, oh, it. she was like, cut it off. <laughs> she was done. Wow. She was done with the relax. So she was like, I'm over it. Um, but her journey is the locks journey. So my mom currently has dreadlocks. They're really nice um, and love the length. I feel like they make life easy. Like in the beginning, not so much because she had to go for touch-ups quite often when your hair is short. But now Mm. you can see the length, you can see the strength. Um, They grow so beautifully. So I already had someone who had given up um, relaxer in my life. You know what I mean? So I already knew someone. Um, So it wasn't as isolating a decision she understood completely because my mom if you hear her now she's anti-relaxer so she Mm. completely understand that need where it was like I'm done with this I don't want to do this anymore and she was like absolutely um and same I think my mom my mom's sister little sister that also has locks and her locks I'll send you a picture are stunning they are so long they are so thick I Every time I'm just like, wow. When she eventually takes them down from, because they're always styled up, I'm always just like, this is this is a lot. Like, wow, a goddess, <laughs> like really stunning. <laughs> yeah, locks are amazing because you you actually keep all of your hair. Yeah, and you you that's how you retain your length. So as long as you can keep your your roots okay. Yeah. It's all there. It's amazing. It's stunning. So it wasn't as isolating a situation because I had people who'd stopped using relaxer. 
it was a very comfortable space for me to enter. It wasn't very difficult. Sure. On on my end, it was the total opposite. In terms of actually seeing natural hair in my family, there are very few people. Mm. In my immediate family, there was no one. I think my dad was my best guess. (laughs) (laughs) And even then, like, you don't really see much because my dad always kept his hair very short. Mm. Uh, But really, he was the only natural person in our house. Um, but of course he's not the go-to person because you always want to see what it's like for a woman. Mm. Um, so then if I think about like my extended family and my aunts, I I have so many aunts, probably like more than 12 aunts (laughs) and probably out of the 12 plus aunts, probably only three of them have natural hair. And I never saw it in like its Afro form. It was always altered in some way. So mm. I had aunts who didn't use chemicals on their hair, but they would blow dry their hair very often. Oh, okay. And other aunts who would always have their hair in a braided style. Mm. So like I knew they were natural. I just I never saw it. it. Yeah. So in a way, it's like the same thing. Like I didn't have any natural hair representation. I think the only natural hair that I've actually actually seen in my family has to be with my grandmother's. and you know they're 70 years plus and you know at that age it's kind of just like anybody got time like Uh, uh. I'm not gonna do my hair so all they do is keep it short (laughs) yeah and often they would have their hair covered so they'd wear some sort of hair drab or duke and um you know I would actually only see it by accident you know like when their duke came off or something it was always covered so in that sense, I don't know like why it was never openly there. Uh, it's, it's hard to say if it was more of like a modesty thing to keep their hair covered or it was it a shame thing. It's, it's hard to know. But um, yeah, like you're saying, I didn't have very clear examples of people proudly wearing mm. an afro mm. or wearing a twist out, you know, or not doing something to their hair or putting something on top of their hair because... The rest of my aunts, apart from those three, um, all, almost all of them have some sort of weave. So how were you received when you, like, started your natural hair journey in the family? Like, what were the comments, you know? I got, I had a hard time, actually. Um, yeah. It wasn't the worst, but it was more of, like, I'm doing this thing that makes me feel very vulnerable and I wasn't feeling supported. Okay. Um, it was kind of like my mom felt that she didn't want my life to be difficult. And she felt like I was making my life difficult. Mm. And I'm like, yes, it is more work, but it's necessary. Like, there's no yeah. way around it. Um, do I think my time is well spent learning my hair and taking care of it? Yes, it is. Mm. So if we're going to do like a cost benefit analysis, I feel it's worth it. Even if it takes more time, I think mm. it's worth it. But it it did hurt to not have that sort of support in the beginning. And, you know, she'd say things like, I'm willing to pay for your relaxer if you want it. And I'm just like, well, no, I I don't want that. <laughs> like for, for reasons, you know, which we've explained. And she, she thought I was, um, you know, essentially just making my life difficult. And it comes yeah. from a place, a good place. It does. And, you know, wanting to help you and 
it comes from a place of knowing how natural hair is perceived in mm. society and you know wanting to make sure your daughter doesn't have a difficult time just because of her hair just because and also because you can afford the relaxers like why not you know why not yeah i agree but um yeah it was it was definitely a thing where you have to explain your philosophical shift <laughs> and you know once you understand that then you can get on board with the aesthetics of it but once oh, you understand nice. the meaning underneath it um i think that helps a lot yeah, yeah um in terms of my cousins um also a lot of them would have relaxed hair because mm. you know my mom her sisters probably raised her their children her, the way, same yeah. way that she raised me you know mm. um but i know in some boarding schools that my cousins went to in kenya you know it wasn't um you weren't allowed to have long hair so they would yeah. mandate that everyone cut their hair um you know Actually, just as a matter of like equalizing everyone so that no one seemed like they were more you know fancier yeah, or the other better off than others that's so um, true and, and then think... on, in the holidays i only saw them in braids because you know it's december and yeah you can do the most in december people come with blue braids green braids <laughs> show my jersey yeah exactly because it's december so yes. i i never really saw my cousins with natural hair um yeah can we just um you just brought up something that was so interesting to me um i think one of the things we're trying to figure out is like how hair in sa and zim and um kenya is different um in zim as well that boarding school thing the young girls in zim i don't think if you go to a government school um i'm not sure about the perception now like now now but a, a few years back everyone cut their hair like like cut the proper shave 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 your hair mm. like that was that's the thing in government schools and them you cut your hair so that everyone looks like little boys and that's, that's your experience of hair as a young child actually mm-hmm. um I, I wonder what this that does to how you grow and up even then i think it's a bit problematic because you don't know how to maintain your hair you only no. know how to cut it yeah. So it's kind of like asking like my dad or asking any African man, like, how do you take care of natural hair? Their answer will be to cut it. You don't actually maintain it. <laughs> yeah. Again, you are attached and you're tethered to your barber in that way. Um, it's the same thing of like, you are stripped of your own personal agency yeah. to take care of yourself. I mean, I don't think that's a South African thing, hey? I don't think they force their young um, girls to cut their hair. But in Zim, it's... Mm, I haven't seen it, hey? Mm-mm. In Zim, it's the policy. And it would literally be like, they'd almost get offended if there was like a little bit of hair on your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like at the boarding school my one cousin went to, it was like they had barbers on, on tap and they came almost every month to cut everyone's hair. Mm. And I'm just like, I don't no like i understand like you want i don't know it's taking away the ability of saying like these young women can't look after their hair Mm. they can you know you can you can have neat hair and have it natural or at the same time i think Mm. it's always been separated so much that people's 
like she's i'm trying to think how old my cousin is now she's like 16 or something now and only now um because as you go up the forms they give you more privileges and i think she's like in lower sixth only now is she allowed to grow her hair and only now is she being like oh i like to wear hairbands i like to do this and i'm like so for this girl's whole life 16 and under she was stripped of that privilege of getting to know her own hair mm-hmm. by the by the school policy, like the Zim government school policy. You know, I think at St. Dunstan's, when I really thought about it in terms of what natural hair was like at St. Dunstan's, the person that, that stands out to me the most has to be Chaddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Chaddy was, you know, very into natural hair at one point. She, she When I first met her, Chaddy mm. was in the relaxer gang. Um, but gang she gang. definitely went natural the earliest out of all of my friends. Mm. Um, I remember by the time we were in grade 12, I remember there was this one social that we had. And she was really insistent in saying, guys, I'm coming in my afro. Be prepared. It's about <laughs> to go down. And it was amazing. I, I didn't know like how long her hair really was until she came to school. Because she she couldn't really come with her afro as it was because of no. the school rules. It always no. had to be down in cornrows. Mm. But like that day she decided, no, guys, I'm coming. I'm going to comb it out. It's going to be in full force. And it was amazing. Nice. Um, so like Chadi really was the the one person I can think of at St. Dunstan's and then even when it came to matric dance I remember she made the choice to do braids whereas Mm. a lot of us went the the weave route or like getting a special sort of relaxer done yeah um and I think you know there is this weird thing like on special occasions it's assumed that you are going to go get a weave, you know, whether, whether it be your metric dance or, yes! your day or your graduation. It's kind of like, why is that the default when braids are really beautiful? They're braids such an intricate style. Um, it's, it's like, why isn't that our default? And, you know, Chadi just made me realize that when she came with her mm. braids and she looked stunning, of course. Yeah, of course. That's true. That formal events are for you have to put on the extensions. Mm-hmm. And not like braids extensions, like you're right, like weave or like relax and do a style or something like that. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, man. <laughs> what a, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so it's, it's interesting to just see like how like seeds have been planted throughout mm. our lives. Um, you know, whether it's extended family or just your friends that gets you to this point in 2019 where you decide, actually, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Mm. Best decision. I No regrets to this day. Mm-hmm. To this day. So this is going to be, we don't know if it's going to be two parts or like a, a series about hair because there's so much to talk about. But um, in this episode, we hope we hope to kind of, went over our personal hair experiences, how we feel about our natural hair, how we feel about the current culture behind it, and and gave insight to people who are on their way or thinking about it, like to some of the challenges you'll meet, but also some of the triumphs you'll meet as well. Like you'll have so much fun in the process. I think that was Mm. the major one for me. And that there's a whole community there online 
Um, and there is a community if you think that your family is in that safe space or your friends aren't that safe space. There is an online community that you can reach out and you can always reach out on this page as well because Tracy is our resident hair <laughs> expert. I learned that today. Tracy was talking about stuff and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Pressure. So much to learn. But yeah, um, just such an interesting topic to delve into. Very very fun I thought you mm. we probably have only touched the tip of the iceberg talking about our own experiences so we will continue the series in future episodes you know talking about the the hair industry in general um why there is this political element to hair and like the the things that we have to undo in the broader society in order to take up space the, the way we naturally are. Yay. So this has been Foreign Blend. <laughs> I did have coffee during this episode. <laughs> Good for you. Yay. Um, and yeah, thanks for people who are, who are listening. Um, yeah, thanks you guys for engaging with us. We're having so much fun doing this. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>